You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, the NBA is in its second half, and this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings has you covered. They're the leader in one-day fantasy sports, and they're giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. You just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With the DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That code is THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. darkness my old friend I've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. Oh, Just Boy, that, that you couldn't get any more depressed. You watch that, another Flames game. That three games where we were undefeated at Daryl Sutter were sure was a sure uh, nice little intermission. What the fuck was that? What the fuck is this? I honestly, I think we're at a point now where I don't think things are as bad as they seem. I think this is one of those situations where it's 100% post-traumatic syndrome disorder, whatever you call it. And there's no way this team is this bad. Like, there's just no way. They can't be this bad. Like, seriously. I get it. Ottawa's bad. Look at their roster. Look at this Ross. How the hell are they this bad? I don't get it. I mean, we referenced it last podcast. You guys are playing a shit ton of hockey in a short time period. Did you watch the game today? Man, they look fucking dogged. Like they like they look exhausted. They well, and I'm and I don't mean I don't mean exhausted, like, oh yeah, that's why they lost. They look like they don't care. They look like they didn't want to be there. They look like fucking they're all ready to go for a nap. 
they look tired and they look like they still don't know what the hell they're doing on the ice. Like nobody, literally nobody knows where to go. Nobody knows where to be. Nobody knows what, that's what it looks like. It looks like they have no idea what they're doing. And like, that's it. They have no clue. Part of me wants to go here. Like, is this Daryl playing mind games with everybody? And this is some weird process. He knows these guys need to go through. He's like, you need to know what, what you, what you are like, like, or does Daryl have no idea what's going on either? Cause I, well, I kind of have a feeling that, you know, bringing Daryl in really honest to God seemed like it was going to work out. And, you know, it started off with a bang and then there's been some hiccups and we talked about the last podcast, but to lose two in a row to Ottawa, you scored two goals in, in three games. The fuck is going on? Well, that's what's so weird is like they were so good those first three games. Like it was unbelievable the difference. Like, and then they've it's three that's three games done. That's it. Like, what what happened? That's what I don't get. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand how, how they can play so well for three games under a new coach with a new system and things that you could pick up on as yeah they're forechecking they're supporting the puck all over the ice they're moving the puck really fast they're playing well like were they just so out of shape that they haven't recovered for, recovered from those first three games yet <laughs> maybe like that, that's like my that, best guess at this point because you hey. had a few tweaks and changes that obviously daryl implemented that worked you came out with pace there was a direct correlation with the pace from practice into the games, you were able to establish the forecheck. Your forecheck was effective. That's how you won those games. We haven't seen we haven't seen that since. And listen, I understand getting beat by the Oilers. I understand getting beat by the Leafs. You know, yeah. I yeah. don't understand two back to back absolute horseshit 120 minutes hockey against the second worst team in the NHL. That's what I don't understand because everybody's like giving us shit. Oh, you're sure flip flopping on like Daryl Sutter can fix his team. It's like. Okay, did you just watch them get completely bitch slapped and like with no pushback against again the worst team in the division by a mile, the worst one of the worst teams in the league, like that like that to me was <laughs> if yet if the game previous to today wasn't like yeah this is done today was a nail in the coffin of like yeah there's there's no way this is getting turned around this season like no no chance. No chance. Like literally zero chance. If this was an 82 game season, I might have some, I might still be like, yeah, well maybe Daryl can get them going a bit. Maybe they can turn it around. What do they got to go now? Like seven, 17, they got to win 17 of the last 23 games or whatever. There's no way. There's literally no way. The point no, we're at is I they're, mean, they're not making the playoffs. Maybe if you were seeing signs of, yeah. you know, some good things happening, we're not seeing signs of anything. We're not even seeing signs of life. Dude, it's it's unbelievable. And like, again, I don't even know where to pinpoint this. I don't know how you go from being so good in those first three games, because that's the thing. They were good. This was not just this wasn't just them fluking out winning three games like a goaltender won you a game or you got a few lucky goals like the offense. They don't have any offenses. What offense? And like, I can't believe how bad they've been. Like, it's actually unbelievable how bad they have been and it's actually unbelievable how bad they were the last two games against one of the worst teams in the league it's actually unreal i, I can't even believe it 
So the math would be because I said it was seven. No, it was sixteen. It was sixteen, six, and night. one. They had to do the other night. Well, no, I, I was just saying that um, coming into the series, yeah, it, it was six games in ten nights. So that would mean that this was eight games in thirteen nights. They look like they've played twelve games in five nights. That's how tired they look today. I don't understand it. Like there was no push. There was there was no forecheck. I don't know what the fuck they were doing coming out of their end, in the neutral zone, in the offensive zone, anywhere. Did you see like? I didn't see anything consistent. All I saw was perimeter play, pass it around the horn, get shots from fucking around the perimeter, get shots from behind the net, get shots from on top of the blue line, get shots from the boards. That was it. And I don't understand it. Um, You know, I I feel like even the midst of this debacle, the last four games, Daryl's had a pretty good explanation of, you know, what's going, what's not happening. Right, it's 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 a it's a change from when we were when we had Jeff. I feel like we're in the Twilight Zone right now. Yeah, but it was a, it was a change from Jeff Ward. Uh, oh yeah, it's all about the effort. We need more effort to where Daryl's actually like, well, they're just not getting chances from the middle of the ice. Right, we're not scoring goals because they're not getting to the middle of the ice. Look at the Ottawa Senators. What they scored three goals on us, all from right in the slot, the middle of the ice. I don't understand. You got all this fucking skill on your team and you want to play perimeter hockey. Are you tired? Are you stupid? Like, what is it? I don't understand it. It's so fuck. Like when you're, when you're this bad, it's pretty fucking simple. You just simplify the game, come down and just cut it to the middle of the ice every single time. You what? Try to generate chances from the center of the ice, go to the middle of the ice. And that's what I talk about. Johnny Gaudreau is best when he's cutting to the middle of the ice. Everybody just cut to the middle of the ice. Fuck. Like, that's what I don't understand about this is like, is do Lindholm and Kachuk and Gaudreau and Monaghan and Manjipani and Backlund, these guys just suck now. Like all of them, they all suck. What uh, the, how, what is going on? How does an entire team go from finishing first in the conference to probably going to finish last in this division. The way that this is this is rolling out, the Senators will probably pull out more wins than we will because we have to play them a few more times, don't we? Well, what are we? Two, we can't, we're we two, can't four, and one against them. There's no way we're beating them. Like, do you want to know, who, who do you think has scored more goals this season, the Senators or the Flames? Well, I already know, I already know the answer to that. <laughs> if, if you're asking me the question. The Flames have scored the lowest amount of goals in the North Division with 89. The Senators have scored 92 goals. It's a sad state of affairs. Tells you everything you need to know. The Flames, where do they They currently sit? 21st in goals? No, that's even worse than I thought. Yeah, they're 20. Oh, yeah, they're right in the middle of the pack in goals scored. Right there with LA, Columbus, Arizona, you know those teams. They're right in the middle of terrible. So this is, again, like you were saying, it's like, are you stupid? Are you tired? What the fuck's going on? I don't Why do they it. suck this bad? That's what my question is. Because if you like, I, how do they suck this bad? Like, if you look at, if you look at their scoring chances tonight, A, there were none. They had three, three high danger chances. Against the worst team in the against league. Against the I worst guess. team in the I, entire league. I, I none of them we, were even in the slot. There was one. 
I guess we can say it's the second worst team in the league now. We're officially the worst team in the league, folks. The Matthew Kachuk chance that he somehow didn't bury was the only like inner slot shot today. That's it. Monahan flubs one. Manjapani flubs one. Manjapani whiffs on one. Like, I don't understand how these guys. I, I just don't like, understand how they're so limp and so ineffective five on five. Like, what, like you said, how do you go from like everyone seems to act like 2018, 2019 is light years ago? It's two years ago. How do you go not, from that to this? It's not even two full seasons. If you if you combine the seasons, it's like one season ago. Yeah. Like, how do you go from being so good to being absolute horseshit? I don't understand. Like, and again, if it's one guy, okay, I understand that. If it's literally every single player on this team has sucked for the past two seasons and past however many games it's been. How? Why? What is going on? I don't get it. We thought it was the coach. I think Jeff Ward was par- partially responsible. What the hell is going on? Well, I mean, if, okay, if you want to stay on the Jeff Ward train, I think, it, I mean, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to have to track this thing as it unfolds. I mean, I'm Look, not the, team, the team's a better team with Daryl as the coach than Jeff Ward. I'll say that 100%. I'm not, tra- that's not a discussion. As of current, I'm not necessarily tracking this team to, you know, try and hopefully see some wins. I'm tracking to see how far this debacle goes and what yeah. happens. But like, if you're looking at, if you want to stay on the war train, right? Look. I, I, there's no way I'm I'm going back on this and saying Ward wasn't the issue. 100, no, percent he was same. the issue. Now, how? Here's where we're at right now. You want to talk about the general manager being the issue now, right? It's just like the guy waited way too fucking long. Shouldn't even have this guy in the position in the first place. Shouldn't have had him to start the season in the second place. Shouldn't have waited till it was wait. Shouldn't have waited till he needed a fucking miracle. To come back into the playoff race. I mean, I guess he didn't really need a miracle because you're right there. But look at us now. We need a fucking miracle now. So, who Guy waited way too long. Still hasn't made your team better. I mean, we have to touch on that. I mean, we touch on it all the time. But what do you think is going to happen? Like, the coach was just the biggest issue at the time because Jeff Ward was sinking the ship faster than anything else you could think of. Although the team itself still needs to be addressed, Mr. General Manager, when the fuck are you going to do it? Well, right, like everybody can break because this is what it's devolving into, right? It's a, it's now on Twitter or wherever. It's like, see, I was right because I said it was the players. And then it's, oh, I was right because I said it was the coach. It's like, you can't look at it through that lens. You have to look at it through, is the team better or not? Because this is like, this is a thing I get into with people who like argue about who won trades. It's like, Oh, Carolina, we won the Dougie Hamilton trade. It's like, well, I, I guess, but are we a better team? Or is Carolina fifth in the league, fourth in the league, and Dougie Hamilton's one of the best defensemen on the best team in the league? Which who who wins that deal ultimately, right? Look at it through that lens. We're a better team with Daryl Sutter as the head coach. Are we a better team with the exact same forward group five, as we had five years ago? Yep, that's a, that's a great way to put it. We're not better. And- we haven't been better for a long goddamn time. And if you want to stay in that lane of like, yeah, see, it's the players. Well, then how come 
you were able to tell and the general manager couldn't tell for fucking seven years. Exactly. Like if everyone's going to be on this Monahan, like again, we're seeing Sean Monahan apparently go through one of the most incredible drop-offs I've ever seen a mid twenties player go through from being a great five on five goal scorer to completely ineffective. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. He sucked last year too. Do, do we ha- not have a department that's like tracking this? And I don't want to hear about, yeah, they tried to trade Monaghan. Either do it or don't do it. We didn't see Mark Giordano falling off a goddamn cliff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone saw that. And you let TJ Brody walk, who's your best defenseman. If your focus was on defense, why did you let half your decor walk and pretty much pin your entire hopes of your season on a guy who is absolutely cooked right now? Dude, the guy, oh man. It's like all of these problems 90% of fans <laughs> saw coming, or even if we didn't, like why didn't you see them coming? The front office is, get, gets pay, get paid millions of dollars to supposedly make the team better, and it's just like, even like if you look at it right now, okay, let's say we trade Sean Monahan right now. What are you going to get for Sean Monahan right now when he has a 10-team no-trade clause that literally just kicked in and he is his values at the lowest that's ever been in his career. Who's running this team? It is a hot fucking mess. In all like everywhere you look, it's a hot mess. You look at the goaltending situation, complete hot mess. You got this guy locked up six mil for six times six. He can't win you games right now. Not not paying anything on him, but you got Riddick in the back end. He's your backup. He can't win you games right now. Hot mess, hot mess. Look at your defense. Outside of Noah, outside of uh, Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin, this team's a fucking mess. It's a mess. From, Make from, no mistake. From every line to every forward to every player, outside of those two guys, hot fucking mess. And here's the thing why I opened with this. is just like, this is a situation where you have to give it some time because – we're, you can't make decisions when when you're at this type of a low. This is not in reality of where you're at as a team. It's just not. <laughs> but what's scary is just when you think we've sunk to our all-time low, we go lower. It's unbelievable. This has to be bottom. This has to be rock bottom. Does well, it not? <laughs> Please tell me. I don't Please. know. Tell me. Just I don't wait care. until we're trading for Jason Demers, giving up like a second for Jason Demers and going for it at the trade deadline or something ridiculous. You just wait. That'll be rock bottom. Like I listen, everybody's kind of wondering, and I get what you're saying when it's like, okay, hey, we can't be making decisions right now. And to an extent, I agree. Because here's the thing. The reason why is you can't, you don't have a proper assessment of what you have right now. Like this, this is not who these, these guys are. I don't know what's going on, but this is not who they are. But at the same time, I think everybody's kind of confused. Oh, how did we get here? How did we get here? I don't know how we got here. It's like, I can tell you how we got here. Brad Living has been not doing his job for the past five years. And that's why we're in this situation. Well, let's bring it back to the off season. When it was pretty fucking apparent, you needed another top six play driver. I mean, we've been saying for two, three years now. And four, five, six. Listen, you were so close to getting Mark Stone. I called him Ryan Stone yes, last time because I played with a Ryan Stone. But you were so close to getting Mark Stone. How's Valid Mackey looking? <laughs> <laughs> 
could you imagine if he would have fucking pulled the trigger? And I don't blame him because hindsight's 2020. He didn't have that. But just imagine we ended up getting Mark Stone, the thing that we needed to put this team over the top at that time. What would have happened? There's no way we would have lost the Avalanche, is there? That's what I'll never understand about that deal is like all the deals he had made previous and has made since. It's like that's the one you overpay or whatever that because that's exactly what you needed. And yeah. it's still what you need. It's like, that's not the time to get like cold feet. You should have got cold feet when you're trading picks for Travis Hamannick or even trading a two firsts or whatever you traded for Dougie well, Hamilton the first time. Or even signing James Neal. Yeah. Those are the ones you should six. be. <laughs> those are the ones you should be backing out of. Not when you get one of the best players in the NHL available for next to nothing on the open market like which geez. is going to directly fulfill your greatest need to take you over to the top to make you a Stanley Cup contender like that's something you happily overpay for <laughs> but like i said still not holding out against him because given the given the moment whatever he didn't have the hindsight the only reason why i keep bringing that up is cuz he still hasn't addressed that need yeah exactly yeah how long it, ago was that i mean we're going to be talking how many more years from now Still talking about 1819 because the, the, the needs were never addressed. I mean, you coming into the soft season, I remember, right? Uh, you and I just couldn't believe. I mean, that he, he, he Brad True Living was hell bent certain that his priorities were on defense and goaltending. How's Cam Talbot doing this year? I mean, the wild looked pretty damn good, eh? How are the Minnesota Wild doing? I mean, if you look at our numbers last year, like. <laughs> Goaltending was, was not, not the issue at all. Was not an issue. Defense. I mean, you had fucking 18 uh, UFAs or RFA, like UFAs that you just let walk from the back end. If that was your priority, why didn't you just deal with that? I love how Nikita Nestrov has been absolute dog shit. And like he was his big <laughs> defense is our priority as like Derek Forbert has been awesome. Uh, TJ Brody has been easily one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. I mean, your power play sucks and you let Eric Gustafson walk. Oh God. Oh, it's just like, I, this is how this, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm surprised. Cause we're not this bad, right? Like we shouldn't be this bad, but, but like in, on the same side of the coin, I'm not surprised that we are on the outside looking in, in terms of a playoff spot right now. Because the but, needs weren't addressed, and they, they never have been. <laughs> you got a banana in your mouth? Yeah, I, I just spit out some gum, so. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's just like, how many times do we say this to each other? It's just like, gee, funny. When you don't address your team's needs, you suck. When you don't do it after two years, you suck even worse. Like, like how much longer? Like, Well, and that's the thing, too, you, that I now, just – now you're in a place where it's such a hot mess. Yeah. What, you're going to address it now? No, you can't. Fucking, that ship has so far come yeah. and gone and passed. Like, that ship has sailed. It is beyond the horizon. Like, it, it's it's made it to the other side of the continent. <laughs> well, I used this analogy in the summer with Brad Chilling's tenure, tenure, and it's like, he's writing a test, and if you've ever written a test and you don't know what you're doing or you're just like, running out of time your test is a complete and utter mess you've got to eraser marks all over the place you're just like getting down to the wire you've got a few questions left you know you're not gonna be able to finish on time you're just writing everything down and you just pray to god 
And it's like now he's like it's it's like at the point yeah. where he's going to fail this test. You're starting to fill in questions. You're not even reading the, the question. You're start putting yeah. answers. You're just yeah. you're just guessing it. You're you're just scribbling in answers at random at this point. So you couple that with the piss poor coaching decision after you had a chance um, when Bill Peters was let go. You couple all those like to me. That's how we're in this mess. Yeah. It's not the players. Look, obviously, there's some drop off happening. It's undeniable. Um, <laughs> Archer Tano, man, <laughs> look, he looks like he belongs in junior C, and it's funny because he's the only guy that scored two goals the last two games on those goddamn shots from the point. That I'm just every time he does it, I'm like, why? And then of course the one in a million goes in, and then it just gives him credence to keep doing it. Yeah, well, yeah, the only way it goes into you fucking. How do you like that? Do you like that whiff that led to a breakaway today where he just was going to hammer that thing and it bounced on him? And then uh, sure didn't. Somebody had a breakaway. I don't remember who, but how many breakaways, two on ones, three on twos, four on threes, four on twos, two on like are at the hands of Mark Giordano and his stupid decisions at the blue line. Do you ever see Hannafin or Tanev getting into those into those? predicaments no because they never wind up for an absolute rocket into somebody's shin pads on the point they never do that so they never get into that situation i still agree with you i think we are better with daryl sutter but what you think a coach is going to make your team well i mean we we have seen it with teams well we saw for three games (laughs) but and something happened Without addressing your true needs, I mean, and this is where my point is just like, does Daryl actually is he doing this on, on purpose? Like, like is does he know what this team needs to do, but he doesn't want to tell them because he, <laughs> he wants he wants it to be revealed, you know, how bad they need a system or some shit. I don't know. Like it's probably not happening, but I would I would like to think that way because then it would make me feel better about the situation. It may, yeah, it makes you feel like there's a, a plan and a grand scheme. Yeah. Like, and here's the other thing is what I, I, Montreal hasn't played. So I think they have three games in hand and, but you're only still, you're still only four points back, which is kind of funny. You know, this team is going to, yeah, you know, it's going to happen. They're probably going to stink for another week, um, sink into an even deeper hole. And then just when it's like, okay, they're not mathematically eliminated, but by all intents and purposes, like they're long gone, then they start then they'll probably go 10 and two to finish the season and just secure that fifth position, like three points out of the, you know, the playoff spot and, um, you know, climb the league standings and make sure that we get a really late first round draft pick. No, see, it'll happen like that, but it'll be just a little more, it'll be a little earlier on. So it'll happen not get, before they're totally the out of it. Yeah. It'll, get, it'll give you the tease that, cause we haven't seen that in a long time. I don't know if this is this team still the Cocktees team. Though? If you, it might be, yeah, if you've been be a, a long-time listener, you've heard this term Cocktees quite a lot because, I mean, in 2019, 2020, that's all we ever saw was like, wow, do they look good? Oh, yeah, they suck. Are they um, going to come back again? No. Oh, there they are. Um, so what I think will probably – here's a more Calgary Flames scenario because – they won't make it that clear because if they suck and they go on a heater and garbage time, it'll still be clear to everybody that it needs to be changed. What will happen is they'll get on a heater sooner than later before the trade deadline and be right in it at the trade deadline. So they don't sell like they did last year. They'll be in it enough where there's no excuse where, where there's enough of 
a non-excuse to not sell players off and get get returns for guys that they won't, and they'll probably end up, you know, slinging a second or a third for Jason Demers or some shit. And then they'll inevitably either miss the playoffs or squeak in and get crushed by the Oilers in round one. That sounds a little more that that's a little more on, on brand for the Flames. Yeah, they'll probably go on a um, a shorter, sooner heater. Yeah, to make it look like they're going to be relevant again, and just before they fizzle out. Yeah, and we'll get the nice trade deadline thing. We'll get the you know I think believe in these guys and. Well, yeah, obviously the guy is just. <laughs> you tell me he's going to have a green light to do dick because they still have a good little chunk here. April twelfth is the NHL trade deadline, so. They could definitely get on their patented heater here sooner than later and, and go for this. And but there's I, no there's no way ownership is given Brad Greenlight to, to make to make any moves in terms of buying. Um well so that's the last thing least, we need is Brad making save no, my job I, type trades. That's what I mean. Yeah, at least at least we know that. But yeah, he'll he'll give us the believe in this group BS. Um or he sells. I mean, this team could get worse. Like they're so bad. I don't yep. understand. Somehow, somehow, they play well against Winnipeg. I don't know why. I don't know why that is. We don't necessarily win, but we usually play well. Even the games we lose against Winnipeg, we're, those are good games for us, typically. Well, so. what do you got coming up? You got Winnipeg. <laughs> Dude, you got a two-set against Winnipeg. Dude, don't a even three-set. Don't, don't even do that. I'm not even looking. So, like, I mean, the situation we're in right now is – because, again, I think we were talking about this last night. It's going to be really hard this year to not be, like, frustrated in the present and still take a broad look at things because now the discussion online that I've seen is, okay, it's time to blow it up. Um, but no, I think you I, still like... – I, I don't think you're in a position to do that. I don't think ownership will ever do that. So I think right now if you just zoom out, like, halfway, yeah, not all the way, not into space, but just, like, do a continental zoom out, what you need to do is sell off a few pieces at the deadline, get a few things back, and start not even a retool, but start reassessing for next year. That's what needs to happen. I am 100,000% on board and think that this needs to happen. You need to trade Geo. You need to find some poor team that thinks that bringing in a ex Norris defenseman veteran leadership guy is going to help them down the stretch, and maybe he might in a lesser role. Right. Um, but you got to do that. You got to get something. Um, you got to trick someone into giving you something to take this guy off your hands. <laughs> He's so bad right now. It's unbelievable. How well, the thing is. is, I think you just said it best is like, okay, is he that bad or is he not a number one defenseman in the least anymore? I would say the latter is true because I mean, pretty much everyone else, like he, he should. He never should have been put in this position is my art is kind of my hypothesis here is like, we all knew he was going to fall off a goddamn cliff at some point, unless he's just like jamming HGH or trend into his legs for the next 20 years. Um, we all knew this was going to happen eventually. Why the GM decided to let the team's best defenseman walk in free agency and not round out his defense core around this guy who's 38 and well, absolutely so cooked. While simultaneously telling us that defense is our priority. That's the problem. Like, I'm not while, gonna... while simultaneously failing to receive any assets for just letting him walk. Exactly. 
Like that, that's where I am like, okay, well that's on. Cause again, who didn't see this coming? We've been talking about, okay, when is age finally going to catch up to geo? Cause it's going to happen. It's happening. And no, I don't, Never. people are surprised. H- HGH. Ah. Seriously. Unless he needs some, like one of those off market, like bull semen things like jammed right into his eyeball or something. Dude, this gets him back I- rolling. If, if somebody ever needed a, a steroid shot, I, like, is this not it? Like, this guy needs just to risk, risk everything, right? Who cares about taking the Stanley Cup away? Just get some steroids in this guy or get something. Get something, because that's where I'm at. It's like, hey, he never should have been put in this position ever. Like, I'm trying to think of a comparable, but I can't think of it. If it like, Chara, like Zidane Chara. Did they rely this heavily on Zidane Chara in Boston? Or did they have him paired with a guy like Tori Krug, who's awesome? for all those years, right? Like this, this isn't on geo as much as people are saying it's on the GM for not lessening his role. Cause this guy is still playing as your is still for all intents and purposes, your number one defenseman. Oh yeah. Right? 100%. Yep. So like bring in some support, like who couldn't see this coming? What did the analytics department do on this team? Like, and, no, and nobody saw this coming. Okay. And you want to bring up Chara. The guy spent how many years in Boston as your captain? Now he's not on the team. Like, is it really that big of a deal if this guy is not even making your team better? Are we better or not without Geo? We're probably better if he's on the roster, but can we get something in return that makes us better later on? Well, and the other thing is, too, right now you have to consider um, who is, like, because everyone's like, oh, trade Monahan. What on God's earth are you going to get for Monahan right now? If you were going to trade Sean Monahan, it needed to be done before this year because he just had a 10-team no-trade clause kick in. He looks awful. He's probably playing through an injury is the rumor right now. Well, um, you said this, was it uh, Lubardia said at the beginning of the game? Yeah, Lubo was talking because I didn't watch much of the game today because I was out and about, but I listened to it. Um, but Lubardius was saying he's pretty sure Monahan's fighting an injury that sounds like it could be significant in like involving surgery in the offseason. Monahan's pretty injury prone. We've been through this before. I remember Eric Francis absolutely tore this guy to shreds. And then, oh yeah, my wrist is completely fucked and I have a hernia. So uh, it was both wrists at the time. Yeah. So he had to have like 10 surgeries in the off season. It's, w- it's really funny. I actually dreamt last night. Yeah, he did. That, that Monahan got traded to Colorado and I woke up being like, that'd be a fucking great fit for him. He'd be Would perfect it? on the abs, eh? Like he would definitely benefit from having to fit in with that up up pace tempo, eh? Dude, he'd like, be he'd be great there. Is there a team that plays with any more t- tempo than the Colorado Avalanche? Those guys are unreal. Maybe Vegas, but I mean, can you imagine? Like they just put him, they put Kadri as like their third C or whatever, and run McKinnon, Monty, and Kadri. Holy, it'd be unstoppable. But I mean, like, okay, so you're not getting anything for injury ridden, terrible, <laughs> no good. 10 teams on his no trade clause, Sean Monahan. I mean, you can't trade Backlund because he's got a full no trade clause. I don't think anybody wants a 32 year old center who's not doing anything, who makes over $5 million for, yeah, till 23, 24. You're not obviously not getting rid of Lucic. You're not trading Lindholm. So it's just like, who, who is, that's where I'm at. Like, hey, well, who are the pieces that move out? Unless you can move out to you, <laughs> but he has a modified, uh, no trade clause too, but that's 19 teams at least. So I don't know where you go, man, but something you have to, they're not this bad, but there's no way they make the playoffs this year. 
you have to do what Jay Feaster said, which is have some intellectual intellectual honesty or whatever that shit he used to say and then not do. And be real with yourself at the trade deadline. Don't avoid the mistake, the huge mistakes you made last deadline and start selling some pieces off and get something in return and try to make this team better for next year. That's what you got to do. Is Feaster still currently a worse GM than Bradshaw Living? I don't know. It's debatable, dude. <laughs> with each passing day, the, the gap becomes smaller and smaller. Seriously. And it, it's funny how pairings go, right? The D pairings. Um, you know, the whole thing with, with Geo paired up on the top with Rass right now. And if you look back to the, the, you know, the previous seasons, it's just the way that Noah Hannafin's playing, you know, oh yeah, the weakest league. Wow, it was Travis Hamannick. Um, I don't know. It's just I don't I don't know what's going on with him, man. But like you said, it's age, right? It's caught up with them. It's totally age. Like the fact that he had been this elite again, coming back to this like thing where I don't know why. Again, not that you're gonna trade Mark Giordano in because that, that's where I think people get mistaken. You're not trading Giordano last year coming off a Norris Trophy winning campaign. Maybe you should have. If everything, all things be equal, maybe. But you should have realized that, you know, age is going to catch up to him. You can't keep relying on him to be your number one defenseman. And I get that you brought in Chris Tanev, but you can't say the D is better by subtracting Brody, Hamannick, Gustafson, Forbert, and bringing Nestrov and Tanev. Like, sorry, that's a worse decor. So... That's where I'm annoyed is like, you should, like, again, who you didn't see this coming. Everyone saw it coming for years. We've been saying this is going to happen. Now it's happening and they're caught with their dick in their hand or whatever the expression is. What is the expression? It's not that, but you know what I mean? I think we should stick with that. It sounds pretty good. So stupid. And I mean, honestly, if I'm the flames right now, I know. And I mean, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that, you know, I, I don't like like you're, you're putting together this thing of who's gonna want Monahan and who might even want Geo. Like typically, when you're gonna take risks on guys like that, you do it in their last year of their contract, right? So, what, what does Geo have left? Geo has this year and next year. It's six, seven, five, <laughs> and then Monahan still has two years. Monahan well. has. Uh, two years after this, he signed until 2023 at 6375. And he's only 26. Like, that's he's not this bad. Like, no. geez. And, like, so there's any way, you, any way you slice it, this is one hot ass mess. And there's no easy way out of it. Like, yeah. you know, and people are saying, you know, push the rebuild button. But, like, you're saying, how? You can't. How do you get value right now? Maybe next year when some of these guys are on expiring contracts. And like, I guess here's the other thing. Maybe I think by talking it out, this is the solution. You have to lick your wounds, right? You have to face the facts that Brad Living waited way too fucking long. A guy like Daryl Sutter needs more time to put together a foundation, you know, to get the most out of these players. And that's probably why you're not seeing him panic or anything right now. He just knows that probably coming in, the goal for the Stanley Cup wasn't for this year. Right. It's probably before he leaves. Yeah. So, and I, and I know that that's probably still the goal of Bradshaw living. I'm just kind of curious where the owners are at in terms of, you know, what they want to do with Brad, but like, what, like, what do you do? You can't press the re the rebuild button necessarily. It's just like, who wants to take this amount of risk on guys? Like, I mean, what are you going to, you could, your best player right now is Chris Tanev. Who is going to want Chris Tanev for another six years? 
take on that contract or how many years is this four? You got four. Yeah. Yeah. Like even if you go to the Leafs and are like, Hey, you want an awesome defense in for your playoff run. They don't have the room for that for the next four years. It's, it's, it's the timing is not the the timing is not going to work for a rebuild in the least. The teams that would be interested are probably closer to the cap than not. Right. Unless you're the the Avalanche, I think yeah, I think honestly, I, I, Sean Monahan it would be a good fit, even for the Avalanche to pay for. Dude, it. Johnny Gaudreau to the Avalanche, dude. Can you imagine? I'd become an I'd become an Avs fan. <laughs> Fuck quick. dude, I'd buy that jersey so fast. Oh yeah, that was my thing, man. If Monahan went to Colorado, I'd be getting the Colorado. Avalanche oh yeah, Monahan jersey. Ma- sure. Imagine McKinnon with Gaudreau and Ranton, and that's the best line in the in hockey of all time, probably. <laughs> Although I guess uh, Lannis Cog's not too bad either. So, so I don't know. This whole thing of like the timing is so fucked. Yeah, and like so, I, I think I think your best bet, honestly, you go back to the drawing board. You got the coach. Go back to the drawing board. If 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 Brad Tree Living just fucking did his job for once in his life, like what are you gonna do? Is keep stockpiling the seventh, you know, seventh D men? Or go and, like, yeah. there, there's not enough room in the cap. He's got to get creative. I mean, we've said this how many times. He likes to stockpile, guys. Start giving away your stockpiles. Give him away if you have to. Give Sam Bennett away. Get him well, I mean, what's the out? difference? Like, He's going to let him walk at the end of the year anyways. Or are you going to get selected by? That's what I don't understand. It's like, oh, I hold on to guys. It's like, hey, you let literally TJ Brody, Mark Jankowski, uh, Derek Forbert, not that you should sign all these guys. I'm not saying that, but it's just the amount of guys he lets walk when he could have got something back is mind blowing. So then it, when it's like, oh, we're not going to take a second round pick for Sam Bennett, we can get more for that. No, you can't take what you can get. Move on. Especially the longer you wait, the lesser return you're getting. The for fact all Sam these Bennett guys. is on this team still is nothing short of ridiculous, to be perfectly honest. Like in the summer, we were like, what could you get for Sam Bennett after that playoff performance in Dallas? I think the general consensus was you could definitely get a first, but they're like, no, we're keeping him." two days into the season. He requests a trade. Good one. We're all gonna, of this is just an accrual of Brad putting off decisions. We're going to sell low and we're going to buy high. And that's literally that's it. That's Brad Trilling's track record. Trekkard. Trekkard. This is track record in the last three years. Yep. Buy low. <laughs> sell low, buy high. That's it. Again. No, not low. even not even sell low. Don't yeah, even, even sell. sell. Don't sell. Just Take give a loss. The sh- give the shit away. I'm gonna <laughs> so like this is this is an accrual of Brad putting off decisions. That's all that it is. He's put yep. this Sam Bennett thing off yep. way too long. He's put off the top six issue. Way too long. He's put off the fact that Mark Giordano is a human being and cannot continue to play at this level until he's 60 years old. He's put that off way too long. It's just all this shit that he's put off for so many years is now coming to roost for this team. Yeah, and we've said this on this podcast before. One of Brad Schilling's strengths is patience. One of his weaknesses is overpatience. And you straight up told me the other day, like, well, what that really actually is is incompetence. Because if you can't get it done... Like compared to the, this is a good comparison. I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights they fired Gerard Gallant with a winning record. <laughs> Why? Probably because they were able to do some internal assessment and see a problem coming, foresee something, you know, before it happens, and didn't want to go down that path. What has Bradtree Living done? He waits until 
I don't even know when. Like he waits so until obvious. Bill Peters is outed as a scumbag to finally <laughs> be forced into get rid of a coach. And then he waits until the absolute last moment and probably some ownership saying, yo, buddy, like, let's get this show on the road to get rid of the other dumb coach he hired. It's just like unbelievable. It's incompetence, dude. And I mean, if, uh, you, look, yeah. if you look at, and I don't want this to be a whole hour of bread sniffing hate, but somebody just sent me today the longest tenure GMs in the NHL. Brad Schiffing is the 10th longest tenure GM. He's been here since 2014. The only other GMs who have been here longer, Jim Neal in Dallas. Uh, they have a Stanley Cup final appearance in his time there. Yarmo Kekalainen, yeah, Columbus has not been good. Mark Bergervan, yeah, Montreal's not been very good. Kevin Dayoff in Winnipeg, they have a conference final appearance. Doug Armstrong in St. Louis, they have a Stanley Cup. Stan Bowman in Chicago, Stanley Cups. Bob Murray in Anaheim, they've been on a few good playoff runs since 2008. Doug Wilson in San Jose, They've been to a Stanley Cup final. David Poyle in Nashville. They've been to a Stanley Cup final. Brad Shiliving has how many playoff wins in his tenure here? Like eight? It's getting to a critical mass here where he needs to do something or not be here. Well, if you take away the inherited team that won, won the round in the first year, how many playoff wins does he have? Yeah, like two. Literally. Wins. Like games. He's won two games. Three, I guess. If you can't, yeah, three. So I'm just, it's getting like, again, he can't keep putting this shit off forever and ever and ever. Like he's got it. He's taking too long on the coach. You can't keep putting this off. So you're in a hot mess. This is a hot mess soup, dude. You're in, you're your prize possession gold. Your big free agent signing Jacob Markstrom here. You want to know a really depressing stat. I'm looking at right now. Five on five save percentage. We're 23rd in the league. You want to know who's right above us? It's the Oilers. Oh man, Mike Smith has been better than Jacob Marks from this year. <laughs> and if that doesn't put things into perspective, who goaltending's priority though? And defense. Where is Talbot on that list? The uh, Minnesota Wild are ninth in save percentage. Team five on five save percentage. I wonder sure how, many, about- how many wins does Talbot have? He's probably got more wins than the Flames do. Definitely. <laughs> he's been really good. Yeah, I know he's been hurt, but like they, they've been so good. Yeah, he has seven wins this year. Seven, five, and one, nine, 18 save. <laughs> That's depressing. So, what do you do? Um, if, if you, okay, we got to look at this from different perspectives. Obviously, let's look at it from the player's perspective. What do you do for the players? Let's look at it from the coach perspective. What do you do for the coach, the GM, and then ownership? If you're the players, I think what you do is, we talked about this last podcast, is Daryl breaking these guys' will? Maybe. That's my last shred of hope in this fucking whole Daryl situation. It's just like, maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe he already knows. This season's fucked. And maybe he's like, I'm not going to try and put a Band-Aid on this and try and scrape into the playoffs because he knows what it takes to win the playoffs. So potentially Daryl already knows he's got, he's got to change things fundamentally, right? He's got to, he's got to put a new foundation down essentially. And it's interesting, right? I sent you this thing uh, after his, his practice uh, post-practice comments yesterday, you know, in between the two games in Ottawa where he straight up said, I don't think this team, 
he said, he said, I think this team did a really poor job of setting goals and, and expectations and objectives for the season. Yeah. And we had talked about that previously. It's just like these guys have had seem to have no direction, no intention to start games. Right. Just kind of like, yeah, we're here. We're showing up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but still part of me that, I don't. I still kind of trust Daryl Sutter and what he's doing. No, I do too. And I know everybody's like, "Oh, they can't play this way, or they can't utilize Johnny Gaudreau this way." Blah blah blah. And I mean, to an extent, I agree. The offense has been terrible, but again, when he says things like "this team sucks individually," and he didn't say sucks, but one thing he's noticed is they can't set goals for themselves. Like stuff like that gives me hope because, like. That's what I was excited about when he was hired. Is like these guys finally have somebody who's going to, at the very least, put get them going in the right direction. Whether or not it works after that, that's whatever. But at least you have a guiding hand and a teacher there who's going to know what the hell he's doing. Yeah. And another, another, yeah, another thing he said recently was that the team straight up isn't mature enough. He said, because somebody asked him, like, what's the difference between this team and the 04 group? Because that's the question you always ask in Calgary. And he's like, they are more skilled, but they are not mature. If this Orf 04 group was playing Ottawa the other night and lost, you think one of those guys would be stealing the puck from a rookie goaltender getting his first win in the, in the league? Can you imagine Rhett Warner or Andrew Ferentz or like Jerome McGinley or whatever, like trying to steal the puck? I can't because it would never happen because that's dumb. You said this on the last podcast um, in terms of Yes, we all want to win now, but most likely the the short term pain that we're gonna that we're potentially gonna feel is gonna to lead to a long term game, and I'm holding I'm holding on to that right now. Yeah, because I think that's what's happening is that um, there's too many foundational things that need to be changed. Yeah, and and as we go through that process, you have to suck. I mean, because you can't rely on this band aid these band aid, you know, band aid wins. We had a lot of band-aid wins under Bill Peters, and he even called it straight out, right? Their ability to score goals was, was, you know, outperforming some of their issues that they had. But Daryl's not a band-aid win guy because he knows come playoff times, you're fucked. If, you, if you've been winning band-aid win games, and all I mean by that is, like, you're not actually at the core and your foundation winning games in the right way, and your ability to play hockey the right way on a nightly basis, come playoff time, you're fucked. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, that's, I could be totally wrong, but that's where I'm at currently. And I'm, I just know hundred percent. We're not this bad. And I know that if you were ever going to subscribe to the old saying of like, you can't get too low. This is a situation where you can't get too low because you can't see clearly. Right. It's like, like, you know, there are people on Twitter and wherever else, probably Instagram and wherever else, everywhere, going back, to, reverting back to see it as the players. And it's I think it's too early to tell. I mean, what, just because you lost two games to the worst team in the league. I mean, it looks really bad. <laughs> but there's so much more going on. Like, yeah. if it was, if you'd had Daryl for the whole season, yeah. if Brad Living had actually added, he'd done his job. I mean, the only job he really has to do is assess this team, the needs, and then go and execute on them. He's not doing that. 
Well, yeah, and it, I kind of find it funny because people keep like, "Oh, see, you guys were wrong. It was the it was the players." It's like, whatever. I don't even care. I'm happy that we have a competent NHL coach. That's what I'm happy with. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I'm. We have a coach now. That's a step in the right direction. What I where I'm at right now, I'm not standing up for one player right now. They've all been same. Asked. I'm pissed off with pretty much all of them. Sam Bennett, you can go to hell, bud. I'm done with you. How about Rasmus? Rasmus Anderson, I don't even want to speak his name. Giordano, I don't even want to look at your face. I still give G. I still have a soft spot for Gio because like at least he's out there just absolutely busting but, it every shift. He may be stupid, but he's my, going for it. My thing is, dude. Don't work so hard. You're putting yourself out of position. Tone it down. You'll be a way better player. No, I can't. Ah! <laughs> so, huh. Sean Monahan, dude. Dude, Matthew Kachuk, where have you been, bud? You look injured, Sean. I hope you are. Fuck, have you sucked. Elias Lindholm, <laughs> Mr. Number One Center. Do you even know how to play hockey anymore, bud? Lindholm has been decent. Man, Kachuk, you talk about guys falling off a cliff. So, I don't know. who. This where is, is this guy? Because I was just saying the other day, I haven't been super uh, down on him like maybe some other people have. But, like, man, he has been nothing short of invisible the last remember, two games. Do you remember two, three years ago when it was like whenever we were down in games and he would always spark the comeback and get us goals? He would do what you always said. He would drag the team into games. Nobody's going. Ronaldo? Yeah, Ronaldo's going. <laughs> hey, Josh Levo looked great tonight, man. Like Josh Levo a lot. <laughs> Derek, that fourth line was going. Yeah, I like the fourth line. But like, come on, hockey guys. Make chances to the middle of the ice. Like, that's where you're gonna get like it just blows my mind. Ottawa, where do they get their three goals? Right in the slot, directly in front of the net. Where are we getting our goals? From the point off of three other people. Like, fuck. So I think when it comes back to what do you do if you're a player? I don't know. Like, what do you do if you're Johnny Gajar right now? I think you just... I think... You just is, try and learn as much as you possibly can. And you try I, to... Yeah. I think what you do is what I think Daryl wants them to do. I'm still not... I'm still kind of hanging on to this. What you do as a player is just say, fuck it. I'm ready because you always hear this saying of like, I think it was Bruce Lee, right? People would come to him and say, look, I want you to teach me karate. And so he would sit them down at a cafe. He'd have a Coke, a glass of Coke and a glass of water, right? And he'd be like, you want this water, but this is what you have, this Coke. You got to dump that out before I give you any water, right? It's kind of like you have to start completely. It's like we used this on the, on the last podcast. You're breaking these guys' will. I think that's what he's doing, dude. He's forcing these guys to realize there's only one way to play hockey. The rest of it is just fluff. And you might, and it's just Band-Aid wins. I don't even know where this is coming from. I'm just like... Well, listen, would you rather have this be happening, right? And it's like being made abundantly clear what needs to be worked on. And exactly. like you said, what what the fundamental issues are. Or would you rather be squeaking out the occasional win against the Leafs after you get completely dominated and your goaltender wins you a few games and you suck, but you're getting some wins and it's just a Band-Aid? Like, which would you rather have? Yeah, because how do you actually buy in 100% full-heartedly? 
unless you go through this process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. It's like, as a player, sometimes it's nice, even as a human being, to just be like, you know what? It's okay to suck. <laughs> and maybe that's what these, this team needs to do for the remainder of the season. It's just that while they retune their game and start from the foundation up, you know, Daryl can actually make long-lasting changes to the system, to the foundation, to the fundamentals, right? And he can just be like, whatever, guys. If you need to lose to the worst team in the league back-to-back, go ahead. It's okay to suck. I mean, we're at rock bottom now. So worse. fuck it. Because what's going to happen is over time, gradually, you're going to see it translate into results, results. And if, especially if the, if the GM is working with the coach and like and the coach better be, I'm sure Daryl will be telling, you know, Brad, what he needs. My only <laughs> Here's my other concern in the shadow of the back of my mind. All right. We've seen some pretty old school stuff from Daryl with Brett Ritchie, but you even said Brett Ritchie has been pretty effective compared to everybody else. It's just that he doesn't belong in the top six. I don't know. There's a lot going on. It's a hot mess. Yeah, and listen, it's a hot mess. I think maybe in the back of our mind, we thought Daryl would come in here and they get on a heater and be lights out and win the Stanley Cup or some shit. But I think most of us probably, if you're being honest with yourself, you knew this was kind of already a lost season. Yep. Um, and not even lost in the sense of like, hey, they're going to learn a lot of things this year. But you knew the, you knew in your heart. <laughs> and again, watch them go on a, like a 20-game winning streak right after this. You knew these guys weren't making the playoffs after that start, right? Like you knew it. So, I mean, that's what I'm looking for most is, okay, what are the changes that are made? Do we start to see improvements in certain areas from certain players? And what are we going to look like next year? Because like, again, if this was, and this is why it's so frustrating because it is so far along. If this is two, three, four, five years ago when these guys are younger and you're struggling like this and you have this new coach, that's what you're looking for. You're like, yeah take the silver lining. It's a learning year. They're improving in these areas. That's kind of the attitude I'm going to have to start taking towards this season. And maybe this is the maturing process. These guys need to go through. Yeah. You, totally. know, you always hear as, as you know, these executives always saying, you got to learn how to lose. Right. I don't know if that's, that's where I'm at. If you, I'm sure if you think about it in your life, like you've, you've been in situations where sometimes it's just nice to know it's okay to suck at something. And then from that point, you can learn how to do things differently and get better at it. Right. Yeah. And that's why that's like part of the philosophy of why I've always had such an issue with the, Oh, if you just trade Sean Monahan, then you'll be good. It's like, no, no, no. Like I don't like the argument and it's going, it's raging on again. Right. It's like, cause it's just the players. It's not the coach. It's like, this is more complex and more nuanced than, you can't necessarily win with player X or player Y, right? Like, yeah. it's, like I said, off the top of this, is the team better? Is the team going to be better? That's really all that matters. It doesn't matter who's on the team specifically. All that matters is, is the team better? The team is better with Daryl Sutter as the coach. I think they will be better heading to, into next year with what Daryl Sutter starts to instill in them this year. Whether or not who's on the team or not, whatever, doesn't matter. Is the team going to be better heading moving forward? I think right now, Daryl Sutter is the coach. They are better. Yeah. yeah. So if you're oh, last time I want to say this, but if you're a player, you just completely let go and submit to Daryl. 
really, and the system he wants to roll out and just believe that he's he knows what he's doing. I mean, what other choice do they have at this yeah, point? Yeah, I was going to say, what choice do you have right now? Are you going to fight him on that and say, no, no, what we used to do worked, eh? And that's kind of why in the, in this weird part of my mind, I'm like, is he doing this intentionally? Um, but if you're Daryl, I don't know. Just keep doing I'm – not, I'm not really worried about him, either or you. Now, if you're Brad, you're living, I think you need to start leaning heavier on Daryl to help you because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> Maybe uh, take a course in the offseason, how to be an NHL GM. I mean, you always, you always see that uh, – it's uh, Wedley that – Always posts on Twitter that picture of Jeff Ward googling on the computer. Hockey systems, and it's just like captioning. It's just like let's put one of Tree Living up there. How to be a how to be how to make your team better, Brad. I'm pretty sure like UFC has some pretty good continuing education courses in business and change management stuff like that. You know, so project management. You know, maybe take take a yeah. this this off season make maybe take like a little project management or maybe know. it's isn't it's never too late to do a little you know. Yeah, a little change the career, change the career path, and go into exactly. hospitality management. I mean, he'd be a great Boston Pizza manager, would he not? Be a great hotel manager, great Boston Pizza manager, all these things. So, if I'm Brad Chi Living, again, lean on Daryl, do whatever you want. But I mean, fundamentally, fundamentally, he's got to start making some moves. If you're Brad Chi Living, obviously your assessment of this team is off. So you need help. Maybe your head coach can help you. That's all I'm saying. And then, yeah, pull out your whatever you need to do. <laughs> right? We'll keep it PG. Bang something off the table is what I'm saying. And get something done. Fuck. Like one Nothing. thing. Get rid of Sam Bennett. For the love of God. Get a second round pick for Sam Bennett. Get a third round pick. Get let, something. Let go of all your little collector items that you can't let go of, you little hoarder. And get something in return and start making a plan to go out and make a splash and get the thing you need help up front. So yeah, that's what it. I want. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see what we saw last year where it's like, geez, you're not even going to sign TJ Brody. Why are you holding on to him? Why are you acquiring more defensemen? You're not going to sign. Why trade some of them? Why are you holding on to Mark Jankowski? If you're going to let him walk. I mean, you're probably going to lose Sam. If you're not going to use Oliver Shillington on this team, forever Dude, trade him for something somebody Why? will take him he's good another if, great example like fuck right? like Derek ryan's on an expiring deal trade him somebody kyle dubas is watching tonight you don't think kyle dubas would love having josh levo or Derek ryan on his on his bottom six in toronto just do something you've got to start doing something and not just doing something for the sake of doing it but if you're heading right in, you're, you're not going to make the playoffs, dude. Start selling off some assets. Like, remember when you traded Yuri Hoodler for a second-round pick and, it's like, that's Dylan Dubé now? Just do that more now. Like, go back to that. Derek Ryan, Sam Bennett, Josh Levo, Nordstrom, all these guys who are probably not going to be here next year. Just trade them. Stop screwing around. But what about Get our some picks. P- what about our PK specialist, Eric uh, Nordstrom? How, how good has our PK been since he left? Dude, seriously, what are we? We've we've killed eight straight now. I think it's nice. been pretty good. It's been like the one bright spot. And Sean Monahan's on there, dude. I was looking at it. He leads all scares. Scares the lowest expected goals rate, <laughs> um, on the penalty kill right now. 
smaller on the, sample on size. the flames small sample smaller. size but still he hasn't been on i don't think he's even been on the ice for a uh, pk goal against okay Anyways, owners, like, owners if you're the you want to touch any more on tree living no like we all know what he needs to do we've known what he needs to do for 10 goddamn years okay owners if you're the owners what do you do i think like i said hot mess don't this is when you don't make knee-jerk responses if you're the owners, you are just thanking your lucky stars. You got that sweet taxpayer dough for the arena deal before this team fell off a cliff. Yeah, good luck trying to get public support. Can you imagine right, right now? Fuck. They timed that one just perfect. Jeez. Um, so, look, you're already committed to Daryl for three. You're committed to tree living for three. There's two. There's really two viable paths. I mean, you could replace. they could replace tree living and have public support at this point. The fact that they did what they did with Daryl gives me a not hope. I don't want to say hope, but like because previously I would be like, there is no way they would be replacing Bradshaw Living. Now I'm like, well, maybe they will. If they did it, I think they definitely have public support at this point. But the thing is that I've always said about Tree Living is I don't trust the owners enough to hire somebody who wouldn't be worse. That's what I'd be worried about. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think the owners not making knee-jerk reactions is Yes, don't do that. I wouldn't mind if they replaced True Living now, um, but like you said, it would have to be with someone better. Please, that's where I don't trust them. But I'm not a hundred percent certain you have to get rid of True Living if he just does his fucking job for once. If but he he's just... he's he's shown to be pretty incompetent though in the last two three years, has he not? Dude, it's again, like I said, this right now is an accrual of Bradshaw Living's putting off decisions. That's what this is right now. 100% so, it is. Um, again, if they want to f- replace Tree Living, I, you, you know, I'd be happy with that. You'd be happy with that. My worry would just be like, okay, and then they go out and do like, like, look at the GM history of this team, right? Like Jay Feaster, <laughs> Bradshaw Living. It's just as bad as the coaching history. So, I'm not super confident in the ownership's ability to, you know. Well, something you something you've been advocating for is reuniting Daryl with uh, with Lombardi. Yeah, the only guy who was like on my radar who I think the Flames would like maybe they'd go for that is Dean Lombardi, who was the GM in San Jose when Daryl was there. Was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, and then the GM in LA when they won two Stanley Cups. I think he does some AGM stuff. I don't think he's an assistant GM, but he's involved with the Flyers front office right now. So he's the only guy who maybe kind of like checks the tick box of he's a good GM, has won, and is available. And um, has has past success with, yeah, with working with Daryl. Exactly. So he was the one guy I was like, yeah, man, maybe the Flames ownership would be in on that. And that's um, not even like something that you know, they like, they would have that on there. They would know that. Right. I think they would. And especially if they were thinking about replacing tree living, I'm sure that they would consult with Daryl in terms of, you know, who his replacement should be. So I think if, if, if Daryl, I mean, if, if Brad tree living does get, get replaced, I I think that's actually, you know, a pretty high possibility that it would be Lombardi because make all the arguments you want, you know, where we stand on it of he hasn't done a particularly great job with this team. If you're an owner of the Calgary flames, you're not happy right now with where the team's at in the least (laughs) you've been through how many head coaches 
you had to let one go because Tree Living hired his buddy who turned out to be like, do you remember when they ultimately fired Jay Feaster and, and brought in Brian Burke? That was mostly because the team was pretty much embarrassed with the whole Ryan O'Reilly thing. Like they were just like the public ridicule <laughs> and the shame that stuff like that brought to the organization. The, the, the owners didn't like that. And I mean, I can't imagine. Like, this is why I was surprised that Brad, like, is, even got another coaching hire was after the whole Bill Peters thing. Like, in today's day and age, for your organization to be employing somebody like that when stuff like that comes out about him, I I can't imagine the owners were nothing short of furious <laughs> in that situation. So I think there's I, – I can't see them being particularly enthused with everything that's gone over the past two years, right? So – I'm not saying they're going to fire him, but I'm saying put yourself in the owner's shoes and this guy's been running your team for the last seven years and you don't have anything to show for it and you have all this weird drama that's been going on and you've hired like 28 coaches. So I would say it's it's not an exaggeration to say he's on very thin ice with the owners. Yeah, I would think so, especially if you just saw what happened with you know, the hiring of Daryl Sutter because you know that uh, regardless of you know the percentage split of you know whose decision it was between Brad and the owners – you know that the owners were uh, were heavily involved in that decision. Totally. So the fact that they've they've gotten to the point where I'm I don't know I just kind of feel like they it might have been Brad's decision. I mean, he kind of let it play out that way, but there's no way he didn't he didn't feel some pressure to do that. Um, I don't know why he waited so long. I don't know why the owners would have backed off for so long, but it it does you know make you look at this situation with Brad and, and think that the, the owners are probably, probably have one a little bit of a shorter lease than. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't know, like I, I fear the owners, like you said, I don't want any knee jerk stuff. I fully don't expect Brad Shilavin to be let go or whatever in the, in this season. I just hope they're not doing like the Vancouver thing where they're pressuring him into like making all these big acquisitions in the summer or stuff like that. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they, with what money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Last thing I want to touch on because I see this surface up every once in a while, which is, it really comes back to the Chucky incident with Muzzin. Right. And there is a direct comparable timeline with him really falling off this season and that incident, although the whole team as well. So I don't know if you can just single him out. Although he has been different, he we've seen shades of old Chucky. I think in in the Toronto series, right? Oh yeah, he's mucking it up even with Muzzin. Yeah, but do you think that there is? I just want to touch us on one one more time before we we wrap it up. Do you think there's anything going on in the room in terms of that whole incident? Is there is there some funk going on in the room? Um, is there a potential cancer in the room? Um, well, I, I kind of don't feel like there is, I just feel like this team stinks. <laughs> and so it's just easy to kind of like, yeah. you know, jump to those types of conclusions, but I don't know. What do you think? I don't think so at all. Like if anything, there's too, there's too much, <laughs> there's too much, uh, agreeableness in that room. I would think like yeah. it's similar with the coaching thing too, right? Like, These guys are hard to coach. No, they aren't. They're too easy to coach. It's like, have you ever seen any of these guys? Like they're some of the most agreeable guys I've ever met. And they've been all together for so long. Like if there was ever a, 
an issue in the room. I would say the fact that it's probably too relaxed in there and there's probably not enough tension between teammates because you want to be pushing each other, et cetera. Right. Um, I, I can't see that being the case. Like, can you get like, and then who would the drop, who would the tension or dissent be between? Like, I, don't, I have no clue. I don't know in that room, other anybody other than Kachuk or Lucic who has the cojones to like be that forthright. Like, can you see like Derek Ryan just being like, Hey, Matthew, could you stop doing that? Uh, it's really making us mad here tonight. Or Sean Monahan, <laughs> or like yeah. Gio. Gio's out to lunch. Dude, Gio's, he is. He's on a different He was like, guy. Guys, we're going to miss the bus. Let's go. <laughs> and like, Gaudreau doesn't give a shit what's going on. So, like, I, I have a really hard time seeing how there's any drama in that dressing room. And all you've ever heard for 10 years is how close these guys are. And, who has done more in as a GM to make sure that the room is really good than Brad she living. So I don't know. I, again, I've never been in that dressing room. I don't have any inside information, but I have a hard time believing that to be the case. Like, even when you like hear, you know, like interviews with Kachuk where he's talking, like, I don't know. I just have a really hard time thinking that would be the case. Okay. Last question I have for you that obviously it's a hard time being a flames fan. Um, we discussed a lot of things today in terms of how to keep what perspective, but what's your perspective right now in terms of um, where you're at with this team and how are you coping? Well, I'm not coping very well. (laughs) The other night I had a pretty nice little rant on Instagram about like, this is dumb, blow it up. Everyone sucks. I don't care anymore. Um, And I get, it's okay to feel that way. Like I hate these people who are like, you have to be consistent. Like, who wasn't pissed after they lost the worst team in the league like that? Like, I was furious. You were too. Like, who isn't pissed about that? If you're, like, level-headed and staying calm after that, check your heartbeat there, bud. Like, geez. And have fun not celebrating the Stanley Cup. Right? Like, exactly. Like, if you're not going to be – if you're not going to experience the lows, like, you're really fun. You're going to be a buzzkill when they're winning the Cup. Everyone's cheering, and you're like – Guys, let's just calm down. They See, just won the cup. I told you they were going to win it. I told yeah, you guys. I said this for 28 years. I just said, just keep believing. It's like, shut up. <laughs> Everybody has a right to be as pissed off as they want. Let me enjoy my misery. All right. Let me be mad for 10 minutes here. So Fuck. I don't know. After watching today, I think I'm just at a place where I don't even know, man. I'm just trusting all my hope is in Daryl Sutter right now. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. You tripling down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, when Daryl came, we all wanted it to happen this year. It's not happening this year. Um, like like you said, what was what was the percentage chance? Maybe 10% chance if all the things clicked, right? But what I think we're seeing is the problems go deeper than anybody could have ever known. Um, that's what happens when you play band-aid hockey for you know two plus years under an amateur. That's my perspective of it. So I'm coming back to this thing that we mentioned in the last podcast is it's time to, you know, pan out, zoom out. You got to look at this more long-term than just this season. And right now I'm just curious and intent on watching how the rest of the season unfolds, not for results this season, but leading up to next season where these guys can take another stab at it.